You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. So our theme is Arise, God's Warrior. And just like the She Warriors sang, we are warriors. That is who we are. And if there's anyone here who feels that he or she is not a warrior, the Bible says that God calls those things that be not as though they are. So faith calls those things that be not as though they are. So when you believe whatever the word of God says to you, you can become it. Praise the Lord. Even if you were not, you can become it in the name of Jesus. So um, we're going to read um, our scripture text, which is Judges chapter 5. We'll read 6 and 7. Okay. It says, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, The highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. Arose a mother in Israel. Praise the Lord. So I want to start by saying that the Christian life is warfare on its own. I hope we know. The Christian life is warfare. It's not a fun fair. It's warfare. If it's fun fair, every day your life will be hunky-dory. Everything will work out just the way you planned it. When you wake up in the morning and you say, this is how everything is going to be, that is how it would be if the Christian life were to be a fun fair. But it's a warfare. And one of the wiles of the devil is to make us unaware of his wiles or of his um, devices, Okay. The scripture says that we should put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to stand in the day, to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you don't put on the whole armor of God, you won't be able to stand. And so when we talk about the armor of God, we know where it is. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, 11 to 8. Let's just quickly run through it. We won't um, dwell on it today, but it will be good for us to just run through that scripture. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to do what? Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and 18 it says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end 
with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's difficult to preach to everyone when it's our virtual conference. Because you're caught in between. You don't know if you want to minister to the queens, the women, or if you're ministering to everybody. Well, the good thing about God is that in him, there's neither male nor female. Praise the Lord. There's neither male nor female. The word of God always applies. Praise the Lord. And so I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to help me tonight. In Jesus' name. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13a says, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. You know, as women, we understand what it means to wear girdles. Am I alone? Men, pretend like you didn't hear that. You know what it means to wear a girdle? If you've had children and you don't wear girdles, you know, your body will be all over the place. The moment you wear a girdle, it holds everything together. So the scripture is telling us that we should gird up the loins of our mind. In other words, your mind must be at its full capacity or strength and power for you to engage in warfare. Praise the Lord. Because remember we said, arise, God's warriors. For you to be able to arise, to actually face the battle, you know, that the enemy is always putting before us, you have to gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, your mind must be alert. You must not forget yourself and think that ah, everything is just, you know, working out for my good. Yes, at the end of the day, all things work together for the good of, of all of us who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But we have to be alert in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Because if you are not, the enemy is very strategic. And because he's strategic, I'll give you a classical example. Because the enemy is strategic... If you are not strategic, if you don't lean on the Holy Spirit to give you superior wisdom, the enemy can actually deal with you and you think everything is just normal. In Genesis, I believe it's Genesis chapter 30, something happened there. And Rachel, I believe that's what it is. Please put it, Genesis chapter 30. Aha. It says, now Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. And then Jacob was angry with his wife and he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld you the fruit of the womb? But let me summarize that story. What happened was that he got to, a, you know, when a man is married to two wives, they take turns. May that not be your portion in Jesus name. They take turns. You don't always have your husband to yourself. Okay, sometimes it's the other wife's turn. So on this particular day, it was Rachel's turn. And Rachel, as usual, someone who had been with her husband, but nothing had happened. That day, Reuben, who was the son of Leah, went to the field and plucked mandrakes. I guess it must have been a type of fruit. And he had it. And Rachel saw the mandrakes and Rachel said, ah, Leah, please, may I have some of your son's mandrakes? And she was upset. Leah said, it's bad enough that you have taken over my husband. Because remember, Jacob loved Rachel. Leah was forced on him. The one he wanted to marry was Rachel. And so, God was so kind to Leah that God opened up Leah's womb and Leah started to have, you know, children. And then, lo and behold, the one that he loved was now barren. 
So on that particular day, when Rachel asked for the mandrakes from Reuben, and the mother said, why do you want my son's mandrakes? It's bad enough that you've already taken my husband, now you want to take my son's mandrakes. You know what um, the negotiation, um, what uh, Rachel did? Rachel now said, okay, so for your son's mandrakes, you can have my turn. Praise the Lord. Remember I said the wiles of the devil, right? For your son's mandrakes, to her, it was just an ordinary night. It was just any other night. Now, before that time, what is key there was that Leah had had, I believe she had had four sons for Jacob. And Bible records that Leah had stopped bearing children herself. So it wasn't just that she continued, she had stopped. But something happened on that particular night. When Rachel said, you can have my turn, Leah went into Jacob. Jacob knew his wife Leah and Leah conceived that night someone who had stopped she stopped to the point that she started to give her own maids to her husband but that night god opened up her womb and she had isaka i always like you know saying this you know bible says that the sons of isaka they had understanding of the times so that was the child that she had when rachel that should have been rachel's son that's how the devil works very smooth operator and why this scripture in particular always ministers to me was that when i was trusting the lord for my second child i was always in the habit of saying ah, i'm tired it's something we all do right women most nights we can be tired and nobody can blame us because even if you and your husband are fasting and you get back home he will sit down he will open the fridge if there is malt, you will drink. You, you will enter the kitchen. And then you will start to cook. By the time you finish cooking, you will balance and eat. When you finish, you will take the plate away. And then tidy up. And then when you get to bed, he now touches you. You now say, ah, ah, I'm tired. So it's understandable. So for me, that particular night, I heard the spirit of God say to me, do you know if this is the night? And I said, ah. There are very few times in my life that I've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. I heard. First time, I always say this. I didn't hear the voice, but the Holy Spirit gave me a knock. Some encounters I've had. And that night that he gave me a, a knock, I fought my husband. Not physical fight, we've never fought physically. But I fought him. I can't remember what he was in Lagos when newly married. I was so angry. When I knelt down, I think I knelt down to pray. And then I slept off. Next thing on my head was, boy, I, I got up, I looked around. I wanted to say, why did you knock me? It wasn't even in sight. So I knew it was the Holy Spirit that gave me a knock. And then I slept and woke up and he gave me two scriptures. He just said, all I heard was Timothy 2.15. He didn't say first, he didn't say second. One of them said she shall be saved in childbearing if she continues in, please help me put that scripture. Ahead. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in what? Faith, love, holiness with self-control. The second one, 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, study to show yourself approved mm-hmm. or to God, a workman that not, needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why did he give me the scriptures? He didn't say first or second. Because he needed me to look at the two. 
And when I read the two, I knew I had to do something about my spiritual life. Praise the Lord. So when I heard, are you sure this is not the night? I knew that I had to take action immediately. Praise the Lord. And of course, to the glory of God, that was the night. So I had had a secondary infertility. Had my son, um, 1995, and had my daughter in 1999. So in between, I had had secondary infertility for almost four years. But that night, when I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I obeyed, it happened. Praise the Lord. So the enemy has wiles. And if you're not alert in the spirit, you will fall at, without knowing what is that he's actually doing something. You will think everything is fine. So when Rachel asked for the mandrakes and exchanged it, it's the same thing that happened to um, Esau and Jacob. When Esau saw that same red stew, he said, mm, give me. And he said, give me your birthright. And then he looked at it and said, what's birthright to me? I'm just hungry. Give me this um, red stew now and everything will be okay. And that was how he sold his birthright. So as I'm saying this, I'm saying to us women, because I've been there and I've done that. If you're trusting God for the fruit of the womb, hmm, never say no. Praise the Lord. What did I say? Never say what? Because the devil has a way of bringing quarrel on the night of your visitation. And then you start to fight with your husband. And you think it's ordinary. It's not ordinary. Praise the Lord. Honestly, I was asking the Holy Spirit, this is not the type of message I want to preach today. But that's what he gave me and I'm going to be obedient. So he says we have to prepare our minds for action. That's what it means to gird the loins of your mind. So you're ready for action. You know that the enemy is ready to hit at any time. So you're on guard. Some of the things I will share with you tonight are things that God spoke to me personally. Praise the Lord. But you know the beautiful thing about engaging in in warfare is that the victory is already assured in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in who in christ so the battle that we engage in is a battle that is already won jesus has already finished it he has already won the battle however what i keep asking myself is that why is it that god always loves to partner with us he himself knows what he would do concerning the feeding of the five thousand when jesus asked um the disciple he said he himself already knew what he wanted to do But God just loves to partner with us. So let me go back quickly to our theme. And I don't know if we have time to go through it because it's quite long. But I can summarize it. The Bible talking about um, Deborah. Judges chapter 4. Deborah was a prophetess. She was a judge. She was the wife of Lapidoth. And let's take one second to celebrate all the Lapidoths in the house who give us wings to fly. Praise the Lord. And Deborah used to judge Israel at the time. And God said to Deborah, he said, go to Barak. Call him, Judges chapter 4. Please, when you get home, read Judges chapter 4 and 5. Very interesting. There's so much, but there's no time. So Deborah said to Barak, that God has said 
that he would give Caesar into your hands. Now, you know what happens in the Bible is that whenever the people of God, whenever they sin against God, God allows the enemy, his enemies or their enemies to deal with them. So at this point in time, the people cried out to God. And so God sent Deborah, who was the judge at the time, to Barak. And told Barak that, Barak, God wants to give Caesar into your hands. All you need to do is gather your men and go up. And Barak said to Deborah, said, if you don't go with me, then I won't go. And Deborah said, I will go with you. For her to say, I will go with you, what I see there is courage, first of all. I will go with you. However, the Lord will not give the glory to you. There will be no glory for you in this battle. God will give it to a woman. And so that happened. Do we have time? Please, let's read scriptures that will help. Praise the Lord. So let's look at Judges chapter 4. Okay, from verse 4. 4 to 10. It says, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam. I'm trying to see if we can skip this because I've already told us the story. Okay, so let's start from verse 11 now. Remember, Deborah had told Barak that the Lord was going to give the victory to a woman. Okay. So he says, now Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zanaim, which is beside Kedesh. Now this Heber was the husband of Jael. And Heber and the people of Canaan, who were the enemies of God's people, were actually allies. They were friends. There was no war between them. Okay? Now in verse 12, it says, And they reported to Caesarea that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Caesarea gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Harosheth Hagoim to the river Kidron. Please go to verse 17. However, Caesarea had fled away on foot. Now what happened here was that Barak had defeated um, Caesarea's men, but Caesarea escaped. He said, however, Caesarea had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber the Kenite. Okay? And Jael went out to meet Caesarea and said to him, turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside, with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there a man here? You shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and he went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary so he died praise the lord so one thing that you should always have at the back of your mind as god's warrior and also having bearing in mind the situation we are in 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 our country nigeria because when we chose this theme it was a struggle for me i had to pray through 
to be sure this was the right theme for us. Last year, it was um, Flame of Fire. And then this year, when the committee sent the theme to me, I struggled a little bit, but when I prayed, the Holy Spirit ministered to me that, yes, this was the theme because of where our nation is. And so I want us to open up our minds a little bit. Sunday is Mother's Day. Honestly, I've been struggling because of the message. But Sunday, the Holy Spirit said to me, Sunday is Mother's Day. Today is the first day of the virtual conference. So go and preach the word. Monday, that is Mother's Day, then we can really celebrate the mothers. Praise the Lord. But today we're talking about warfare. Because that is key. It gets to a point in your life where you don't joke. There was a time that I thought everything in my life was good until I received a phone call that shattered my heart and humbled me and I began to see God's face and I started to pray. Then I understood that life is a battle. Praise the Lord. Life is a battle. Don't let anybody deceive you. Life is a battle. The devil never jokes. He is always working over time. So if we think that we can sleep and not be watchful, then he will deal with us. But God forbid. In the name of Jesus. The question is, why did Deborah arise? Why did she get up? Because we're calling for God's warriors to arise. So the question then is, why did she arise? Because Deborah, she said that village life ceased. Village life ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. What does it mean for village life to cease? What is happening in our nation today? Has village life ceased or not? There's no more village life. The other time my brother-in-law's daughter got married, we didn't go to the village. We went to Enugu. Enugu is not a village. That's where we went. People do traditional marriages now in Abuja. People that are from the east. People that are from the, the north. Why? Because there's a problem in the land. So Deborah saw the problem in Israel and she knew that if a mother did not arise, there will be trouble. So she arose. When Barak said, I won't go except you go with me, she could have said, if you don't want to go, what's my business? You're the one that the Lord sent the message to. So if you like, sit back. Who is he going to punish you? But she said, I will surely go with you. She understood the seriousness of the season. We're in a season in Nigeria that we cannot afford to just cross our legs like this and say everything. Even if you have all the money, will you be able to spend it? Even now, with all the money you have in your bank, how much can you withdraw? Somebody was telling me the other day, she went to the bank, she stood for hours when it got to her turn to collect 2,000 naira of her money. It was the money had finished. This is not a time to play. It's not. We have to face it. This is what it is. And I believe strongly that God gave us this theme because God is waiting for the mothers to arise. Praise the Lord, somebody. There's only so much the men can do. There were some things the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. And we'll get to it. There's a power that we have inside of us that we've not really harnessed. Because we think that everything is about... uh, macho you know biceps no there's a way women wore 
We don't war like men. We don't fight like them. We don't have the physical strength that they have. But there are things that we do have. And I pray that tonight we'll be able to deploy them. In the name of Jesus Christ. So that's why Deborah arose. She saw the problem. She could identify the problem. Now, if you can't identify the problem, you can't confront it. Somebody said, if you can't trace it, you can't face it. You have to trace the problem. What is that problem that you're faced with? And then you ask yourself, is it worth fighting for? I cancel a lot of people, married couples, and then they are fighting. They don't understand what is at stake. Instead of both of you to come together and fight the devil, you're fighting each other. And the devil is in one corner happy. Sometimes I ask them, can you fight for your marriage? They're like, I'm tired, I've tried, I've tried. What have you really tried? Have you seen trouble? There's a lady I know whose husband so dealt with her and even was ready to kick her out of the house. She said, I'm not leaving, you're my husband. He impregnated another woman. She had a child for him. And then he, he took all her cars, everything she had, took everything from her. She said, I'm not leaving, you're my husband. A few years down the line, the man kicked out the other lady and went back to his wife. Why? Because she was a warrior on her knees. Praise the Lord. Is it worth fighting for? David asked, when David went to give food to his brothers, and he saw Goliath, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then his brother came and said, what is wrong with you? Come on, go back. You've started again. You know the question he asked? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for me to fight? Do we think mothers, queens, that everything is okay in Nigeria? You know, the other day somebody sent, you know, all those things they send on, on social media. First of all, I saw a young boy, 16 year old. I thought it was a joke. Who hung himself? Why? He said, because Peter B lost the election. He committed suicide. I saw a man, a major. This major in the army, he committed suicide. Why did he commit suicide? Because he was trying to fight Boko Haram. And he caught some. And then his superiors released them. And he didn't know. And then they came for him and his men to attack him. And he identified them. Ah, these are the men that he caught. And handed over to his superiors. And through the back door, they released those people. And then because he had identified them, his superior started to fight him. The next thing that he was court-martialed. Before he knew, he said he knew he, they were going to throw him in jail and then find a way to eliminate him. He just committed suicide. This is the Nigeria that you and I are, are in. You know, this is our current reality. So I understand why God gave us the theme. He doesn't make mistakes. This is March. We're in a war and we will win because Jesus has already fought and won for us. The victory belongs to Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So is there not a cause? There is. Why did Jael volunteer? She had no problem. There was no problem between her family and the Canaanites. They had no problem. There was peace between them. But she sensed that this was the Lord's side. She was in, in the middle. The Israelites on this side. The Canaanites on this side. They were allied to the Canaanites. 
allied to the Israelites and allied to the Canaanites. So whichever way, nothing would have affected her. If these people come here, come to her, they won't hurt her. Why? Because she has no problems with them. She was at peace with them. And then she was at peace with um, the enemies of God. But she sensed that God was on the side of his people. What did she do? She identified with the people of God. And then she killed Caesarea. It doesn't say that she took um, permission from her husband. They just introduced her husband as someone who was in good terms with the other side. But this woman applied wisdom. She discerned that this was the move of God. And then she aligned with the move of God. And so it was easy to bring down Caesarea. Because when you see somebody that you're not fighting with, and she says, come, come into my tent. And he followed her into her tent. When he asked her for water, she gave him milk. When he laid down, these are strategies. She covered him with a blanket. So in his own heart, ah, I'm safe. And then he now went further to tell her that if they ask if anybody entered your tent, just tell them nobody. She said, hey, why not? But the moment he slept, she took a tent peg with a hammer, drove it into his skull, and he died. That's warfare. Women, we don't fight with them. We can't fight you. You are too strong for us. Men are stronger than us. That was the strategy she adopted and brought down the enemy of God because she saw that there was a cause. I said, if you don't identify the enemy, you can't confront it. What are you going through in your home, in your family as a married woman? Can you fight for your marriage? Can you fight for your children? Can you fight for your church? Can you fight for your nation? Because these are things we saw in scripture. There's so many. I'll mention a few. We'll just read. And if there's anything I can say, I'll say. It's your marriage worth fighting for. Are your children worth fighting for? Is the new Nigeria worth fighting for? Because Jael discerned that it was the Lord's battle. It was not hers. And she had to be on the side of God. So I wrote something here. I said, there comes a time when you have to suspend every other affiliation just to align with God's purpose. I mean, yes. Sometimes, no matter how close you and I are, once I sense that it's not in line with the purposes of God, you can just say, excuse me for the time being while I face this business. Praise the Lord. Because if you don't identify the enemy, you cannot... um, Let me see what I wrote. You must identify the problem in order to conquer it. You cannot be boxing the air. You must hit the target. If you identify what the issue is, even in your own marriage or in your own home, so that when you're boxing, you're not just boxing the air. You know the target, you can see it, and then you can hit the target. Praise the Lord. So Deborah was courageous, and so was Jael. Praise God. So for you to engage in warfare, you have to be courageous. The Lord said to Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous. And courage comes when you trust in the one who has sent you to that battle. That's how courage comes. When you have faith in the one who has who sent you. When you have faith in God, the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know that you're going, but you're not going in your power. You're not going in your strength. You're going in the power of God. 
And just like David, David said, the Lord God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he's the same one that will give me victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. And so he went courageously because he knows that the greater one lives inside of him. Praise the Lord. There's a woman that I want you to read about um, in Judges chapter 9. We'll just read verse 53. That was another courageous woman. He says, but a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Abimelech was the son of Gideon, Jerubal. And Abimelech was not a legitimate son. He was the son of either one of his servants or concubines. And um, Gideon had 70 sons. So Abimelech went to his people, was a Shechemite or so, from Shechem. And then told them that, look, what's our own with um, this guy? Why don't you people make me king? And then they supported him. When he gained the support of his people, he went and he killed all the 70 sons of his father. But Jotham escaped. And so Jotham stood and then he spoke to the people of Shechem. He said, this thing that you people have done to my brothers, is it good? And if it is good, let it be so. But if it's not, he placed a curse on them. And when Abimelech heard about it, after some time, what the Lord did was that the Lord put enmity between Abimelech and his own people. And so they began to fight, just like what happened, you know, between Moab, Ammon, and Mauser. And then they started fighting. And then this Abimelech went and burnt um, some of the people that hid inside a, a tower. He went and in, their, in their stronghold and killed them. And then when he ran to another village, but he went to this particular place and then all the people had run, they had entered a tower and hid, they hid in the tower. And he cut um, branches of trees and told these people, as you see me do, do likewise. And then they cut it and then they took it and then they wanted to burn. They went to the door of the tower to burn it so that the people, all of them, you know, he would kill all of them. But Bible says, go back please. To 53. It says, but a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. From the top of that tower, the woman dropped a millstone. The millstone is heavy. And he crushed. It says, a certain woman. I pray that you will be that certain woman that God will use to bring down the enemies of this nation or the enemies of your family. In the mighty name of Jesus. No name, a certain woman. I deliberately picked women just to show you and I that we are more, we're stronger than we think. It's just that we've been fighting the wrong battles. Praise the Lord. There's another woman in 2 Samuel 20 because these are women that we don't talk about. We don't preach about them. 2 Samuel chapter 20 from verse 15 to 22. This is another strategy in warfare. Wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is better than what? The weapons of war. When the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom and you apply that wisdom, it's better than carrying uh, akodo to hit your husband on the head. You know what akodo is? Pestle. Yeah? Okay? You know Odo now? Don't you know? What do they call the rock? Mortar, mortar. Yes. Praise the Lord. So this particular woman, please, I want us to read this one because it's key for us at this time. 2 Samuel 20, 
15 to 22. I'll be fast. He says, then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Machar, and they cast up a siege mound against the city, and he stood by the rampart, and all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. So they wanted to throw this particular wall down. They were pursuing Sheba. Sheba was a, um, somebody who was an enemy of David. I think it was one who said, what's their business with the son of Jesse? Okay. So they were pursuing him. And in that anger, they would have killed everybody in that city. So verse 16 now. He says, then a wise woman cried out from the city. Somebody say a wise woman. He says, here, here, please say to Job, come nearby that I may speak with you. When he had come near to her, the woman said, are you Job? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, hear the words of your maid servant. And he answered, I'm listening. So she spoke saying, they used to talk in former times saying, they shall surely see guidance at Abel. So they would end disputes. In other words, she was trying to tell him that this is where they end all disputes. This is what this place is known for. He says, I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. That's negotiation. That's wisdom. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Job answered and said, far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. Okay, 22. That is not so. But a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba the son of Bichri, by name, has raised his hand against the king. So Sheba had raised his hand against David. Okay, and that's why they were pursuing him. It says, against David, deliver him only and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, watch, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. In other words, there's no point killing everybody in this battle because we were innocent. Okay, it says, then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bikri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Jacob returned to the king at Jerusalem. I call that voice of reason. Listen, I'm sure it's not the type of message we're expecting, but receive the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Women, mothers, wives. Chinese, talking to myself, I told you these are some of the messages God gave me personally. Voice of reason. It's not every time that we fight like this. Sometimes just one. The Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. So sometimes it's just to tell him or her or whoever it is. Speak some sense into them. And then they will listen to you and turn around. It's not every warfare that we fight with. Weapons. Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not what? They are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's why when we were praying during the fast, we were not using gun. One of our brothers that tried to demonstrate something with gun, they picked up. Not that he wanted to kill anybody. It was just a demonstration. But they just went and picked him up. We were just praying. You cannot arrest me for praying. You can't pick me up because I prayed. Except you are afraid of my prayers. So it was a voice of reason. 
And that's the same thing that Abigail did when David wanted to kill Nabal. Abigail went to David and said, ah, look at you. God has already given you this kingdom. Very soon you will be king. You'll be this, you'll be that. Don't you let this, my husband, that is a fool. She didn't say it to him. But the man was a fool. And even the, his name, Nabal, means a fool. So she went to him. I said, the man, is, you can see he's a fool. Don't kill him. And don't let his blood be on your head. And he said, you have spoken well. So that when the Lord killed Nabal, not David, because I think he had a heart attack and died. David just quietly went and married Abigail, the wise woman, who will give him counsel. And so the Lord began to say to me that one of the weapons of warfare that he has given to us women, you see it's our talk talk, it's a weapon. Do you know? It's a weapon. This talk that we're always talking, that was canceling a couple of years, I don't even know if they're here or not. Said the wife, talk, 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 talk. He just went to her mouth and did like this. He said he couldn't take it. I said, why did you go and do her mouth? He said, ah, because he, he, just, he can't beat her. He just went to say, mate, this is your mouth. But the Lord told me that it's a weapon if we use it properly. If we use it to the glory of God. It's a weapon. You see the way women are emotional. We cry. The Lord said it's a weapon. Because when we cry out to him, he hears us. My sister was telling me that when her son was in the university, he, he does um, into secular music. And he had one gig somewhere. And it was around, I think, 12 midnight or 2 a.m. And that was a time in Lagos where they used to kill people anyhow. She said she didn't know what to do. She told him, you can't go, you can't go. He said he's going. You can't go, he said he's going. So she went on her knees. And she cried out to God. And rain began to fall. It was so heavy that the boy could not even as much as step out of his room. And he didn't go. You see this, our tongue. Women, touch your tongue. Including me. Open to Jeremiah chapter 9. Don't worry, we'll soon round up and start praying. It's our weapon. It's a skill. Our natural, I, I called it skill. I didn't know what to call it. Natural abilities. That there are things that are natural to women. It says that, that women, we, um, we speak on the average 20,000 words in a day. And men only speak 7,000 in a day. We're always talking. It was dad who came one time and said, ah, one, that they went to visit their friends. And, um, one of his friends um, said they went to visit another family. And then the wife was just talking, 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 talking. That one I just said, ah, that means my wife talk, talk. Hi. But it's a weapon. It's for us to use it to the glory of God. Jeremiah chapter 9 from verse 7. 7 to 18. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts. Behold, I will refine them and try them. For how shall I deal with the daughter of my people? Their tongue is an arrow shot out. It speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth. But no, that's not where, what, what I want. It's long. Maybe go to um, 16. Let me. I want the part that says, 
send for the wailing women. Good. He says, for says the Lord of hosts, consider and call for the mourning women that they may come and send for skillful wailing women that they may come. The Lord told me that this is what we're supposed to be doing with our mouth. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my mouth. I'm supposed to be a, I don't want to say prayer warrior. But I'm supposed to use my mouth that God has given me to pray, to wail, to mourn for my nation. To mourn, to stand in the gap for my family, for my children. Because he said, consider and call for the mourning women. This was their profession. He says they are skilled skillful wailing women that they may come let me see the next verse he says let them make haste and take up a wailing for us that our eyes may run with tears and our eyelids gush with water listen it's not easy for men to cry but it's very easy for us to cry do you think that cry is for nothing if you continue to um, verse 21 the NLT says For death has crept in through our windows and has entered our mansions. It has killed off the flower of our youth. Children no longer play in the streets and young men no longer gather in the squares. That's the same thing that was happening in the time of Deborah. And that was the reason Deborah had to arise. That's the reason they're calling you and I now to will. That's the fight. Because if you and I don't do it, Our nation is doomed. And I dare to say that God has special compassion for women. I think in Luke Luke 17 or 13. There was a funeral procession. And Jesus was passing by. The woman did not call Jesus. She was only weeping. Jesus looked at her and said, don't weep. And he just went and raised her son. Let's rise. If we will... If we cry out with this gift that God has given to us, that they think we are talkatives, if we channel it aright, answers, God will begin to answer us and begin to turn around our nation and he will begin to turn around our families and he will begin to turn around our children. That's our weapon. And we're going to deploy it. We're going to use the weapon that God has given to us. I told pastor when I was getting ready, I said, pastor, leave the house so I can cry to God. Because I was not supposed to preach today. We're supposed to have our program on the 19th. But I know that if I cry out to my God, he will give me one word to share with somebody. I told him, I said, please go. Let me cry out to him. Because when we cry out to God, he hears us. So what is that mountain before the people of God? The Bible says when we speak to the mountain, it shall move. What is that mountain before you? When you pray, it will be made a plain. In the name of Jesus, whatever it is, we're going to pray. Because we believe God. We believe God. In this season, we cry out to our father. Let us start from our nation. Let us lend our voices. We are mothers, we are fathers in this place. Even children, everybody, we raise our voices. We use the gift that God has given to us. We pray 
in the name of Jesus. We cry out for mercy. Lord, mercy upon our nation, Nigeria. Mercy upon our nation, Nigeria, Lord. You and I are in the kingdom. We are in Nigeria for such a time as this. Libra Mali Libra Having selfish interest, you will not cut it this time. Oh Lord, arise and show mercy over Nigeria. Show mercy over Nigeria, oh God. When people warred in those days, when they engaged in warfare, it was not just for me, myself and I. It was for the nation. And when everything is well with our nation, it will be well with us individually. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we cry out for mercy. We cry out for mercy. We cry out for mercy, oh God. We have sinned, oh God, Father. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon Nigeria. Let us pray for the restoration of village life. We need to restore. Village life needs to be restored in Nigeria. You should be able to enter your car and drive to any part of this city, this nation. Without fear. Of, of bandits or Boko Haram or kidnappers oh Lord our father on behalf of our nation Lord we arise the fathers and the mothers and the children in the house we arise oh God we cry for the restoration of village life in the name of Jesus he says our youth they are dying like grasshoppers they cannot even come out in the, to play again. Our children can no longer run around on the streets because there is evil everywhere. Oh Lord our God, restore village life. Restore village life to this nation. In the name of Jesus. Security throughout our borders. That foreigners will no longer penetrate the, our borders without permission in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, security, oh God, throughout our borders. Mothers cry out, fathers cry out. The peace of Nigeria is your peace. Every mountain that is hindering the emergence of the new Nigeria. In the hands of God, we say be removed in the name of Jesus. Every mountain standing in the way of our progress as a nation and our families, we command be removed in the name of Jesus. Every gateway. Every opening through which the enemy has penetrated our homes. We command to be closed in the name of Jesus. Peace. Peace in Nigeria. Peace in Nigeria. Peace in Nigeria. 
Oh, Libra Dose, Oh, Father, we thank you. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. I want to declare this over our queens, indeed, over everyone here from the Amplified Classic. God has called us to arise. Sometimes there may be things holding us down. He says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life in the name of Jesus. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. That's the glory that is risen upon us. He says, For your light has come. Your light has come. Daughter of Zion, weep no more. Your light has come. This is that season that God begins to give you everything that he promised you. Your light has come. Daughter of Zion, your light has come. Weep no more, your light has come. In the name of Jesus. Because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In this season, God has chosen to alight on us. His glory is risen upon you. In the name of the Lord. No more we will struggle. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A new Nigeria is emerging. It is emerging. And we must never lose faith. It is emerging. We will see it together. We will partake of it. It will not be to us like that man, that officer, on whose arm the king leaned. Who said, if God were to open the windows of heaven, how can this thing be? No, we will not doubt God. If he said it, we believe it. If he said it, he will do it. He has a track record of what? Keeping his word. Whatever God says, he has the power to bring it to pass. He just wants us to partner with him. Because God doesn't like to do things alone. Have you noticed? Every time God wants to deliver, he looks for a man. He can do it from heaven. But he always chooses to partner with us. So as we align with him, this is the glorious future of the children of God. That we are rising, we've we've arisen from depression. In the name of Jesus. They looked at that woman in Luke 13. Jesus said, when Jesus healed her, this was a woman who was bent over. Because she had carried the weight of the world. She had been infirmed. She had had been so sick that she could not lift up her head. And Jesus said to her, daughter arise. And then they began to say this and that. And Jesus said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, these 18 years, be loosed from this infirmity daughter of Zion, you're loosed in the name of Jesus. You're loosed from everything that has held you bound in the name of Jesus. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squaringpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone 
0703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.